Hey, my name is Alyssa Wolf, and as a chronic pain specialist, I am on a mission to empower you to tackle your chronic pain naturally by uncovering hidden truths about pain and exposing the deeper cause. I aim to help you transform your relationship with pain because you've been in this relationship for long enough and you deserve better. You just need a little help to get out of it. And that is what the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast is all about. I'll be busting pain management myths, teaching you some of the mind-blowing neuroscience of pain, and help you overcome some of the roadblocks that are keeping you from seeing real, long-term improvements in pain. Stick with me, and in no time, you'll learn the keys to breaking up with stubborn pain so you can get back to doing what makes you, you, and living your fearless and fulfilling life. So if you have chronic pain and are looking for no fluff, natural, science-backed pain relief solutions, pull up a seat and get cozy because you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello again. Well, today I'm probably going to go on a little bit of a rant today. I'm going to get a little bit on my soapbox today and talk about something I've been really thinking a lot about lately, and that is the status of the healthcare system. The broken healthcare system is failing people with chronic pain. And I think, you know, most of you listening, if you have chronic pain, you know what I mean by that. You know what I mean when I say that the healthcare system is broken and it really is failing people with chronic pain. And you guys know that, you guys realize that, but but I got to tell you what I've been noticing lately is how despite oftentimes we know how broken the healthcare system is and despite how many of the people I talk to with chronic pain who tell me how messed up their journey has been in the healthcare system and how oftentimes they've seen it make their pain condition worse, people are still giving the healthcare system their power. This is something that I've been noticing so much more of lately, and it honestly, it breaks my heart. I think this is even more heartbreaking than the pain itself in some ways, because we've always sort of like trusted our healthcare system. We've, you know, I don't know, like culturally, we've held our, our healthcare system up on this pedestal, right? Like our doctors are like, you know, we hold them so high up. And yet they continue to fail patients with chronic pain, making them wait, making them sicker, and gaslighting them, denying them care. And what breaks my heart the most is when I see people with chronic pain, when they're presented with a choice to sort of take things into their own hands and follow proven steps to equip themselves with natural and effective strategies and techniques, science-backed knowledge, and powerful knowledge, and they choose to turn back to the healthcare system, they don't take that opportunity. And so they say, you know what, no, you know what, I'm going to wait for my appointment with the neurologist or the rheumatologist that I have scheduled for six months from now. Or, you know, like, I, I know that I've already tried, you know, like, I don't know, like a hand, more than a handful of injections. And even though they never helped, a couple of them even made me worse. But my, my doctor wants me to try another one. So I'm going to wait. And I'm going to try to do that again. I'm going to do another injection. The healthcare system continues to fail patients with chronic pain, which is is disheartening, especially when patients with chronic pain choose to rely solely on the healthcare system instead of equipping themselves with natural and effective strategies alongside that healthcare system. That breaks my heart, you guys. That totally breaks my heart. And I really think it's important that we need to talk about this because I think so many people are getting stuck in this sort of in this trap where they're just denying themselves healing by choosing to rely solely on the healthcare system for providing solutions 
that the healthcare system doesn't even have. And I honestly think that the healthcare system has sort of trained us to put all of our, our care in the hands of our doctors and rely on medical care when there is so much more we can be doing to address our pain outside of the medical system, outside of medical care that is science-backed and effective, incredibly effective, that doesn't come with any side effects. Now, I got to tell you, it, it does, it makes total sense to me why, you know, somebody would want to wait six months to get in with a rheumatologist or the neurologist or whatever. And it totally makes sense to me, you know, why you would want to wait to try some different treatment avenues and explore what the medical system has to offer. But there's absolutely no reason you can't get started doing everything in your power on a day-to-day -day basis that will help you treat and manage your pain better while you wait for that rheumatologist or that neurologist appointment six months from now, right? The healthcare system is broken. It's forcing people to wait only to leave them feeling more disappointed at every visit. So this is the kind of thing that I hear about all the time. You know, and I was just actually on a call the other day with a woman and she told me that she actually, that day, she just got back from her visit with her neurologist, an appointment that she had waited a year to get. She had to wait a year to get in with that doctor. Like, could you imagine the anticipation she felt leading up to that appointment? But all the while she was like forced to sit and wait in this holding pattern, waiting and not taking any action for a year, only to leave that appointment with nothing, nothing but more disappointment, no solutions, no answers. Like how disappointing is that? But that is the reality of what's going on, you guys. This is the story that I hear over and over again. And so I hope that you can see how heartbreaking it is when someone might go through all that kind of disappointing situation and then turn right back around, turn to the healthcare system and continue to jump through more of their hoops and continue hoping for something different to come along. So like I said, I think it's important that we talk about this, even though it might be depressing to sort of talk about how broken our healthcare system is and how it has truly failed people with chronic pain. But still, I think it's important we shed some light on this issue. And so I think the first thing we really need to realize and acknowledge is how insurance companies, like health, health insurance companies, play such a significant role in limiting our access to care, like especially for people with chronic pain, right? The reality is that most insurance companies don't cover treatments that they consider wellness or maintenance care or preventative care, even if those treatments are proven to be effective in managing chronic pain. And I mean, this can create a significant financial burden for those who are already struggling with the high costs of living with pain and, and managing their chronic pain. But when insurance companies don't cover these types of treatments, I think it can create this like false belief that wellness care or maintenance care isn't necessary or that it isn't effective. I think we have to be careful to notice and then challenge that false belief and acknowledge that by denying people with chronic pain access to the care they need, it's denying people a quality of life. After all, investing in proactive and preventative care in general, not just with chronic pain care, it is essential for promoting overall health and well-being. But that's just not the kind of care that you'll find in the healthcare system. Generally speaking, the care you'll find in the healthcare system is much more reactive and retroactive, meaning that it typically responds to illness and disease after they have already developed, rather than preventing them from occurring in the first place. And so if you're not quote unquote sick enough, they will oftentimes just tell you that there's nothing more they can do for you like right now, but come back when it gets worse. And I mean, think about this, like 
I actually had a client who was telling me that she had, she was starting to have some kidney problems. So she, she, at first she had to like push and push and push and advocate for herself. First of all, just to get her doctor to run some labs to show that there was actually a problem at all. But once she had that testing done after her doctor finally agreed to do the testing, the test came back that she had some early stages of kidney failure. And you want to know what her doctor said to her? They said, it's not bad enough yet for us to do anything. Essentially, you're not sick enough for us to treat it yet. We don't treat this kind of thing until you have kidney failure. So they told her to drink more water and manage her stress. So here she was, she was in early stages of kidney failure, but her doctor said that they don't do anything until it gets worse. That she just has to get sicker in order to get care. Like, what the heck is that? Like she asked their, her doctors if there's anything that they that she can do or that they can do to prevent it from getting worse or to even maybe to maybe potentially reverse some of the damage. And they just told her to drink more water and manage her stress. How crazy is that? This is exactly the thing. The healthcare system doesn't support treatments that are categorized or that they would categorize as preventative or proactive. They won't help you stay healthy now to prevent you from getting sicker later on. They've made it clear that the role of the healthcare system is to treat you once you become very sick. So the care you'll find in the healthcare system, like I said, is reactive and retroactive. It's not proactive or preventative. They'll give you a pill to help you get out of pain, but they're not going to teach you how to predict and prevent your pain flares or teach you what you can do on a daily basis to have a long-term impact on your pain and your symptoms. They don't support you in doing things that you can do to, to keep you from getting sick or treatments that will help you prevent you from getting sicker. They don't teach you the things that you can do to get yourself better either, aside from that kind of like crap advice to drink more water and manage your stress. And I'm sorry, but that is just crap advice, right? Like I have nothing wrong with people managing stress. Of course, like stress management techniques are gr a great thing. They're very useful and very helpful. But telling someone to manage their stress is like, it's like the equivalent of telling a, a mother who just like, whose kid is missing, like, just don't worry. Don't worry. You know, like, how am I not, how am I supposed to not worry, right? Like if my kid is gone missing, that's the kind of thing we're essentially doing. Providers will tell you to manage your stress and eat better and exercise more, but they never teach you how to do those things. No one teaches us how to manage stress or change your diet or exercise more. Like, how do you exercise more when you have an Im immense amounts of pain that prevent you from exercising or only gets worse every time you exercise? How do you stress less when you have a severe pain that no one seems to want to treat or take seriously or seems to understand what's really going on? And not only that, like, like I said, telling someone to manage their stress while dealing with a very real health condition or their pain is essentially like the same as telling them that it's all in your head. So just don't worry, like don't stress out. It's crap advice, and that's the only, it has the opposite effect. But that's what we see happening in our healthcare system. Think about it. Like, it takes time to teach someone how to exercise with chronic pain. It, teach it, it takes time to teach someone how to change their diet. It takes time to teach someone how to manage stress. And let me tell you, it takes time to teach people the underlying hidden problems in the nervous system. And it takes time to teach them how to address their nervous system to start feeling better. It takes time to educate and it takes time to support people because you don't just, you know, say, you know, here's the thing that you can do now, go do it and good luck. To really be successful, 
People need ongoing support so they can come back and ask questions and get help as they figure things out and figure out how to make it work in their real life. Teaching people things that they can do to change their health takes time and it requires a relationship, a back and forth relationship, not just a few tips in a 15 minute or less doctor visit and that where they send you home on your way to figure it all out on your own until your next follow-up about six months or more from now. This isn't something you can teach someone in a less than 15 minute doctor visit. There's a reason why my program is 16 weeks long. And that's the thing, doctors don't have that kind of time. And I actually know of some doctors that are scheduling four patients in every 15 minute time interval. Now I'm definitely not good at math, but that means they're seeing 16 patients per hour, which means that they're on average, they have about three minutes and 45 seconds to spend per patient. So no, doctors don't have time to teach you this stuff. And even if they did have time, they don't get paid for spending time with you. They don't get paid to educate and teach. And that brings me to my kind of the next issue, which is with the insurance companies, is that they use these, they use insurance codes. So like doctors or your healthcare providers assign an insurance code to the type of care that they give you, depending on the treatment that they administered. So for example, in physical therapy, we have a code for providing manual therapy, and we have a different code for doing therapeutic exercise. So those two codes get reimbursed differently. So this is how healthcare providers get paid. The insurance companies pay your healthcare providers based on the codes that your healthcare providers submit to insurance, which is based on the care that they give, that they provide for you. But if you provide a type of care that doesn't have a code, then you can't get paid. Now, as a physical therapist and a chronic pain specialist, one of the things that I struggled with in the clinic was not having appropriate codes for the care that my patients with chronic pain really needed. So as a physical therapist, you know, I'm experienced and I'm expected to teach people how to move better. Uh, I look for movement abnormalities. We look for impairments and And we treat those things with traditional treatments like manual therapy and modalities and exercises and functional training or gait training and things like that. But there I was in the clinic, I had just learned this like mind-blowing neuroscience of chronic pain. And I learned about these great techniques that really helped people with chronic pain, things like pain neuroscience education and nervous system retraining drills and strategies. But if I did that stuff with my patients, there was no clear way to get reimbursed because there aren't any insurance codes for those types of treatments. And so this is what I want you to realize, you know, like you hear me talking about the importance of nervous system retraining and that it's incredibly important. It's incredibly effective for addressing any kind of chronic pain. And yet there are literally no insurance codes that I, as a physical therapist, as a provider could use to get paid for providing that kind of treatment. And so if that is the situation, those treatments are not going to get utilized. I hope that makes sense, right? And plus, those treatments, like I said, they take time. It's not like an injection or a pill where it only takes seconds to administer. It takes time to educate someone on pain neuroscience and the role that their nervous system plays in their pain, right? It takes time to teach someone how to practice pacing in their daily lives so they can get stronger without constantly pushing themselves into pain. It takes time to teach someone how to predict and prevent and manage their flare-ups. Like, it's a process. But of course, injections and medications and even surgeries take almost relatively almost no time at all. And they have some some of the highest reimbursement rates. So really follow the money. So it ends up being that those are the kinds of treatments that we're going to continue to see in the healthcare system. 
And that's exactly why we don't see providers using those treatments that address the changes in the nervous system anywhere in the healthcare system. If you're a practice owner, like you own a clinic or you're a hospital owner, you have to run a business and keep the lights on, right? So you have to bill insurance for codes that insurance will reimburse you for, or you end up having to have your patients pay you cash, basically out of pocket. The reason we don't, this is the reason why we don't see this kind of treatment in our healthcare system. And that's because our providers can't get paid to administer it. This puts the burden of the cost on the patient and therefore leads to difficulty for the patient to obtain necessary treatments. In that way, you know, I hope you can see that. Like insurance companies are essentially determining the care that we as providers can give and are determining the quality of care that you as the patient can get. And what's even worse is that they deny you the right to even know that those treatments actually exist, right? Like your doctor doesn't want to tell you that there's other stuff out there that that, that could really help you, but it's something that they can't give you, right? They're going to tell you about what they can give you. They want to help you. They want to do something. They want to, They don't want you to leave empty-handed. And so what kinds of solutions does the medical system have? the medical system has medical solutions. Now you're probably thinking, well, maybe the reason insurance companies don't have codes for this kind of care is because it's not actually evidence-based or that it's not actually effective. Like if this stuff actually worked, then why hasn't my doctor told me about it? You know, like maybe we should see these methods used throughout all throughout our healthcare system if they were actually effective. And maybe the reason insurance companies don't reimburse is because it's not working. Well, that's not the case. Really, the reality is, you know, in order to change medical practice and insurance codes, doctors have to fight the insurance companies to make a big, to make big changes like that. So the American Medical Association is an incredibly powerful association. They work with pharmaceutical companies, insurance companies, lawmakers, regulating boards, And they have a lot of power and a lot of money. Unfortunately, doctors won't want to make big changes lobbying to insurance companies on this because, well, two things. Number one, they can make much more money by writing prescriptions and doing procedures and surgeries. And so it would would cost them money to implement those types of treatments. But also, number two, because they're actually not being educated on the topic of chronic pain neuroscience. So the reality is what you should realize or what you should know is that medical schools do not provide sufficient education on pain neuroscience or on chronic pain. There was actually a study done by the National Academy of Medicine that showed that 87% of medical schools in the United States don't offer adequate education on chronic pain. And there was another study that found that of the few medical schools that do have some education on chronic pain science, is that they had five hours or less of that education in their entire curriculum. And this is crazy to me because this isn't something that you can become an expert in with less than five hours of education on it, right? That means that most doctors are out there treating chronic pain as if it's just like every other type of pain. And they they likely have no understanding of the role of the nervous system in pain or very minimal understanding. And think about it, like there's so many doctors that still don't believe that fibromyalgia is a real diagnosis. Most doctors have never even heard of CRPS. They still assume that those kinds of chronic pain are psychosomatic and that they, and they have no clue that the normal treatments that they might administer or recommend are actually the opposite of what these patients need. But because our doctors are not being taught this stuff in medical school, 
they don't know what they don't know. And you see, so it's not that it's that this is ineffective or that it isn't evidence-based. It's that the science is somewhat newer. You know, I was actually on the phone the other day with a woman who had chronic pain for over 35 years. And so most of the research that's been done has, on pain neuroscience hasn't even been around that long. Most of it has come out in the last 10 to 15 years. So this is mind-blowing pain neuroscience research that has come out, but we're not seeing the changes in our healthcare system yet to match that, to match what we've come to learn in the research. So the reality is our doctors are not adequately equipped to provide the necessary care and support for those with chronic pain. And nowadays it's so hard for individuals with chronic pain to find a doctor or any healthcare provider who understands their condition and can provide them with the right kind of care. And imagine being a new doctor. Imagine what it's like to be a new doctor. Imagine like maybe you did learn some of this stuff in your medical school program, but then when you got out into your residency or your internships, you know, how things would change. As a new grad, like I was a new grad once, and as a new grad, I would kind of look out, look to those who had been around for longer than me to learn how to act and learn how to treat. You know, you end up following the people that you see around you. You mimic what you see. And so, you know, what if you had an instructor as a new grad, you had an instructor in your internship or you're an attendee in your residency who wasn't taught anything about chronic pain neuroscience. Maybe you even asked them about it, but they shut it down because they don't know about it. The very few new grads who were taught this stuff get into the real world and they don't see it being implemented anywhere. So it gets shut down. And even if you had that like one unicorn doctor who kind of stepped out of their comfort zone and put things into their own practice that they'd never seen done before in the clinic or only read about or learned about in a few lectures in their program or read about it in a couple textbooks or research articles. And so even if they wanted to put that into practice, they would still run into the barrier of insurance reimbursements, professional regulations, practice policies, hospital policies and procedures, and all of which would prevent them from really putting it into practice effectively. And that's, that's exactly what I encountered as a physical therapist in the clinic. That was my story. You know, I learned some of this stuff in my doctorate program, which led me to want to learn more. And I was lucky enough to have some mentors and instructors who nurtured my passion for helping people with chronic pain. But still, when I got into the real world, practicing on real patients, I eventually had to step out of my comfort zone and try things with patients that I'd never seen done before in the real world and only read about in textbooks and research articles, research studies. I had to do that, not having ever seen it modeled for me. So I had to figure it out on my own. And then I was then met with the problems of like scheduling barriers, insurance reimbursements, professional regulations, all of that, which significantly limited what I could do. But I'll tell you, for years, I kept trying. I kept trying to push it, put it into practice. And so just to give you an example, you know, I would be scheduled with at least two patients on my books at a time, right? There were actually times where I had five patients on my books at a time. And those patients would have completely different problems and needs. So how could I spend one-on-one time with those with chronic pain who needed the education on chronic pain neuroscience? I couldn't. Like, there was no way I could do that. So yeah, I believe it's going to take some time before we can start to see some changes in our healthcare system when it comes to chronic pain specifically, because it honestly has to start with this fundamental change of it being required in medical school curriculum. Because right now, our doctors, they're simply not being taught chronic pain neuroscience in medical schools. And this is why so many people are being dismissed by their doctors, you know? 
because the changes in the nervous system can't be detected on x-rays or MRIs or with blood tests. So we see it all the time where healthcare providers assume their patients are not being genuine, that their patients are exaggerating their symptoms. And quite honestly, this kind of dismissal and gaslighting is literally harmful to patients. It leads to delayed diagnosis and incorrect treatments and insufficient testing and attention and unnecessary suffering for the patient. This kind of dismissal and gaslighting actually causes harm, right? Like our doctors take an oath to do no harm. But I can tell you, because I've seen it and I've spoken to hundreds and hundreds of people with chronic pain, were made worse by the gaslighting and dismissal that they encountered in the medical system. That kind of treatment, folks, that is medical trauma, my friends. That is medical trauma. You know, traditionally, we might think of medical trauma as big stuff, like big bad stuff, like performing a surgery on the wrong side or something like that. But there are so many unnecessary procedures that are done, procedures that make people worse, and surgeries and medications that make people worse, make people, make people sicker. And then there's the waiting they make you do, the hoops they make you jump through, denying testing, withholding diagnosis, labeling you as a difficult patient, misdiagnosing you with a mental health diagnosis, and then having you have to go forward and deal with the stigma with that for the rest of your life. And then every provider, before they even meet you, sees that you have anxiety diagnosed on your chart. And so now they just see that before they actually meet you and they dismiss your condition. Medical trauma includes healthcare providers gaslighting you to where you are made to doubt your own experiences and your reality, making you question your sanity, making you question your mental state, and telling you that your pain isn't real or it's just because you're too anxious or you're too stressed. Medical trauma includes when healthcare providers are dismissing your condition or not taking it seriously or thinking you're exaggerating so they deny further testing, right? They're denying further treatments. All of that counts as medical trauma. This causes harm. This, this makes the chronic pain condition worse because when somebody feels like their health isn't being taken seriously, they feel like something is really wrong in their body that's getting ignored or missed or overlooked or misdiagnosed. What happens is that person's nervous system is going to ramp up its defense mechanisms. That kind of medical trauma causes more nervous system sensitivity, so the person actually ends up feeling more pain. In addition to the emotional effects that it can have on a person, right? In addition to the effect that it can have on the patient's work and their relationships, right? I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to who've told me that because their doctor didn't believe them, that their family members then didn't believe them. The family members side with the doctor or their work or their employers and their coworkers end up siding with the doctors and so they don't believe them. When you're in a situation like that where you know you're not crazy and what you're experiencing is real, but no one believes you, you end up having to defend your pain and defend your symptoms. You end up having to essentially prove to others that it is real and prove to your friends and family and your work and your doctors that your pain and your symptoms are real. And when you have to constantly prove that your condition is real, it's nearly impossible to recover. That is why I say that this kind of treatment in the medical system is actually causing people with chronic pain harm. And this is why, you know, I said at the beginning of this rant today that the thing that breaks my heart so much is when somebody tells me a story where they were denied care, where they were dismissed by the healthcare system, where they were given unnecessary treatments that made their condition worse, they were forced to jump through hoops and wait months or years for the same kind of disappointing doctor visits. 
that they've gone through all of that in the medical system, and then they choose not to try an approach to learn what they can do to get in control of their pain on their own. And instead, they end up saying, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait for that neurologist appointment six months from now. I'm just going to keep relying solely on the medical system that has failed me and frustrated me again and again. And I'm not going to take my care into my own hands. And I'd rather just sit passively and wait for now. Hearing that kind of story and seeing that thing, that kind of thing happening again and again, that breaks my heart because you can do both. You can continue navigating the healthcare system and get the medical care and get the second opinions, but also why wouldn't you do everything in your power to get in control of your pain if there is more you can do that's science-backed and evidence-based and safe and effective and easy? Why wouldn't you do both? Now, I understand the biggest barrier to doing that is oftentimes the financial barrier, because as we spoke, this kind of care isn't covered by insurance. So you're not going to find it in the healthcare system. You might find bits and pieces here or there, but then you, you, know, you still have to kind of go do the work to find the bits and pieces and then figure out how to pull them all together. But yeah, this is the kind of care that isn't covered by insurance. So that means that the financial burden falls on the patient. So that is a significant barrier for many, especially when chronic pain affects your ability to work and many are on disability. So there's not a whole lot of financial resources left available. So I get that. Uh, the financial investment is a huge barrier. And for many, it's hard to justify spending more time, energy, and financial resources on more care when you spent so much already, right? Like spending more is hard because you've been burned so much already. And that makes it hard to recognize the cost of not taking things into your own hands. Because the truth is, when you look at the status of our healthcare system, when you don't take your healthcare in, or your pain care into your own hands, it costs you, right? As I've already mentioned, it leads to increased medical bills, missed work days, medical trauma, and that huge decrease in quality of life, right? And the feeling that of feeling powerless while you wait and rely on the medical system to give you solutions. And then there's that emotional cost of not taking your pain into your own hands as well, right? Like those feelings of isolation and depression and anxiety, your relationships suffer. You struggle at work with lost productivity and the stigma of a hidden disability and hidden pain. And think about the financial burden, right? Like it's staggering. In the United States alone, chronic pain is estimated to cost over $600 billion every year in medical expenses, lost productivity, and disability. And so while investing in proactive care involves upfront costs, it's important to weigh those costs against the potential long-term benefits. Prioritizing proactive care and seeking approaches outside the traditional healthcare system can ultimately save you money and improve your overall health and your well-being and help you treat your pain more effectively. And that's exactly what the clients that I've worked with have been able to achieve. They're getting back to work. They're working more hours. They're, they're avoiding going on disability. They're saving time, money, and energy because they don't need their medications. They don't need as many doctor visits. They don't need as much therapy, right? They're, they're having less medical expenses. And, and so they're saving money in that way. But what's priceless is that they're gaining the ability to regain their quality of life and do things like actually take their kids to Disneyland or go on trips and travel or go to social events without the worry that of what pain is going to do or get back to hiking or being outdoors or get back to just being more present and involved with their kids. That kind of thing is priceless, right? 
And that is why I do what I do because when I was in the clinic working as a kind of cog in the wheel physical therapist, I never saw that kind of trans the kind of transformations that I get to see now in the people that I work with now. Those are huge life-changing transformations by making the shift. And the thing that I love the most about this is that I get to see people regain the use of their body and their mind so that they can use their body and their mind to fulfill their purpose and do what they were put on this planet to do. For me, helping people with chronic pain is my calling, and I believe that everyone has a calling. And the thing that I love the most about this work is seeing that barrier of chronic pain being removed so that more people can live out their calling. And you know what? I wasn't going to say this or talk about this because I didn't think it would really fit or I didn't think it would matter, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I've actually encountered some people online who've accused me of sort of like it's trying to exploit people who are suffering and trying to profit off of this population, take advantage of people with chronic pain. And I'll tell you, these those accusations definitely hurt because that is not what this is all about for me at all. You know, I wish I could offer my services for free. I really do. Because I do think that people deserve to have their suffering removed. Like I wish I could share the education and coaching for free. But as I mentioned, that this kind of care and attention, it takes time. And so yeah, you know, I, I do have to cover costs for myself of the cost that I've incurred to get here today and to maintain where I'm at today. And then cover the the technology costs, the cost of running a business and covering the cost of childcare for my son in, in order to provide this as a service. So I do my best to make my program and my services as accessible as possible by keeping the costs low. So like I don't have a staff, like I don't have a team. I do all the work by myself to keep the costs low. And so I'm certainly not here to take advantage of people suffering. I'm here to do the opposite. I'm here to empower and educate those who have been taken advantage of and show them that there is more they can do within their own power to get in control of their pain and get their life back. And so I hope that by listening to this episode here today, you are hopefully able to see the reality of the current state of our healthcare system and how it can cause more pain. And that broken system creates broken people. And so I want to empower you that you don't have to give that broken system all of your power. And maybe for you, investing in proactive care outside of the healthcare system, instead of relying solely on medical care, is the one thing that you really need to get your life back. Wouldn't you say that that investment would be worth it? So I'll I'll end things today by empowering you to continue to challenge your false beliefs about the healthcare system and take action to prioritize your own health and your own well-being. So that's all for this episode. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you want to take this relationship to the next level, you can connect with me and other pain crusaders inside my private Facebook group, Battling Chronic Pain with Neuroscience, where these episodes are actually recorded live. And I'd love to hear from you. Share your questions and biggest struggles with your chronic pain recovery journey by reaching out to me on Facebook or on Instagram at Pain Crusader. Thanks again for listening and never stop learning.